Welcome uh, to Fireside Chat number 21. Um, as usual, we pick a topic just before we start the chat. And, and then we express our opinions. We used to have these kind of chats in person and we felt that it'll be useful for us to, to record them and, and have others listen to them as well. Uh, as usual, if you like these, then please leave us comments, leave us feedback and um, inspiration for some, some new uh, topics that you would like us to discuss. And also subscribe so, so that you're notified when we release the next one. So today we are going to talk about values. So as an organization, values are considered very important. Almost every company will tell you what their values are. Uh, at least uh, sometimes they even have them on a poster and so on. But are values important for a software development team? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on the uh, on a little secrets. They are, in fact, XP uh, um, describes the, these values as well for teams. And they are not the only values that you can have, right? But how are they important and how, uh, how do we use them within the team? So that is the topic of, uh, of our discussion today. So I'll pose the questions to to yourselves. So how are values important? Well, first of all, are they important, you think? No, Mash, no, they're, they're too, you know, you shouldn't all be right, talking then. about that. Is <laughs> they're not important. Yeah, <laughs> they're know, not write important. them down and we forget <laughs> about exactly. them, so they're not Exactly. <laughs> they're just nice words to illustrate the wall. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I think Decorate everyone, the wall. Everyone would agree that they, that they are important, right? Like, not only for software developer teams, but you know any kind of organization in in general. No, um, but what I guess happens a lot of the time is that we tend to say, "Oh, this value or that value," you know, and and put a, lab, a label on it. Not transparency, blah blah, right? And and the thing is, the meaning attached to that label is quite different depending on who the person is. Right, like on, on what you think that that means, um, and uh, so that that's one aspect of, of being able to use values. So not everyone needs to be aligned around what they mean, and then there's another aspect around a they. You know, how do you turn? How do you teach a value? Yeah, or how do you you know kind of bring people to be aligned with that value, and there, there is these, uh, you know, vagueness around it. No, that that you need to do a big jump in order to be able to express that as, as something else, or to be able to use that as, as something else. Especially if you're, you know, if you're coaching a team, or if you're um, trying to create some sort of of culture. No, in that sense. So I think those are kind of problematic areas around whether you can use values effectively or not. No, they, they are important. Yes, they are important, but it, it only, you know, they, they are only important as you're able to use them, so to speak, no? Well, before we even go down to using them, Sandro, maybe that's something you can, you can talk about is, <laughs> we are saying they are important, but why? Before we talk about the how we use them, why yeah. are they important? So, yeah, you just, took what, what I would say because like, yeah, we, we find them important. I just question sometimes how useful they are because like there, there is a, a, yeah, it's important, but are, can we make them useful, right? But but I will go back to, to that point later as you, as you asked, Mesh. 
So why they are important? Well, what are we trying to achieve establishing those values? I think that from my view, when we talk about values and try to define them, we are trying to resolve a few uh, issues. Let's say we are trying to uh, give a, a direction. So when people don't know exactly what to do, because it's not very well prescribed, they can go back to the values and say, like, how can I choose what to do? So I, I, I would need to choose something that would be within those values, right? I, they don't need to have a prescription of how to behave in every single situation, but they can figure out what they need to do as long as they are uh, aligned to those values. So that's one of the things that we might be trying to do when we define that. We also try to define a, a common understanding, common behavior, kind of a culture. When you talk about culture, it's all about values, behaviors, and we expect people to respect those kind of things or to share, not, not only respect, but also to share uh, that, that kind of understanding. And that would enable them to coexist. Uh, coexist is, a, is an interesting word, but like to to, to, to be able to 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 work together, you know. Not, not, yeah, not not uh, grab each other's throats. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, so, so I think that's what you are trying to do when you talk about establishing values, or that. I think. I, I think a, sorry, sorry, go on, Jose. Yeah. No, I, I think there is an expectation setting around it. No, the, the same way that you're uh, kind of putting forward a direction or you know a, a guideline so to speak no on on what you think certain behaviors uh, to what you think certain behaviors should be aligned to right uh i think there's an expectation setting aspect to it as well right uh, and this is you know when you talked about coexisting uh i i feel like that is part of the coexisting aspect i know where you know where you're coming we we understand each other and what kind of things we're expecting no and then we can adapt to that now that we understand those those you know the different points of view so there is that expectation setting as well that i feel like it's why they are important and it they allow you also to choose what not to do no so the same way that you know if you're looking for a, a new company to work in you're you're interested in what kind of values what kind of because you know sort of what to expect and whether that is aligned to what you want because we were talking about values in the context of of, of a team or around organization but we all have personal values we all have things that we like or we are aligned with no and when you get that alignment at all levels yeah, you're just more fulfilled, no? So, so choosing and helping you choose is is also another aspect of it. I think choo choosing is a very important aspect, actually, because I find that values help you uh, help you have a much more objective discussion. So that you can take the feelings out of it, right? So. You know, uh, in um, in Kent Beck's book, uh, he talks about, there's an example he, he provides uh, in XP Explained. He talks about like someone who doesn't want to do estimates in the team, right? And he talks about, well, okay, so, so someone says, you know what, I don't want to do hashtag no estimates, right? So, so, so then, then, then there's another then, fireside chat there, right? By the way, <laughs> <Tag noise. laughs> no, write it down, write it down. right? So, so then, 
so then well you know how do you discuss that that with a person you know initially that might be because you know they they read something or you know or it's just that the way they feel but actually in you know he talks about like boiling it down to to why that person may not want to do estimates and in this case you know they might for example say that we are I don't want to provide estimates because I don't want to be committed to that and I don't want to be held to that because I'm not 100% sure right and this is so so then they are in a way you can send start of well okay well you're valuing um you know kind of self preservation right in one way if that's the reason that you're using right the 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 other thing that you can you can well like say is that I want to provide estimates even though they're um they're not exactly um a, you know accurate and of course th there are other things but i value transparency i want to i might have an idea of like how how big this thing might be and i want to make sure that others are aware because i value transparency because then from there you know better decisions can be made or that kind of thing and there are other values of course that i'm not saying one is right the other one is wrong but you can boil it down towards those values and at that point you can then start discussing in a bit more objective way right why you are arguing for like in this case estimates and or against the estimates right so so values kind of help you understand the root cause and i believe this is the word that he can uh, back uses as well of the things that you do like or that you don't like right so they help you understand the root cause and communicate that root cause and help you align at that level with the other members of your team and that helps you choose right that helps yes. you have a better discussion so i find values way too vague i think that values are things that when you try to put into practice they are very difficult to disagree with so for example it takes a, a very special kind of person to say, I don't value respect, right? Or I don't value transparency or I don't value. So most people will agree. Yes, respect is a good value. Transparency is a good value and things like that until it's not. Until, for example, they will favor one value over the other. As you said, Mesh, you gave a very concrete example. I value transparency as long as it doesn't uh, put me into an uncomfortable position where I'm going to give a number in order to provide transparency, but I'm going to be held accountable to that. So then I will provide a half transparency. So, so because you are now mitigating, or for example, respect is a very complicated one. Uh, is respect is, is good. Like, of course, we should respect each other until we have very conflicting points of view in how we should move forward. So then we have, we need to resolve it. Yes, the respect, in, I, I can listen to you, but I still need to move forward and maybe live with a decision that I'm not happy with. So mm -hmm. at some point, uh, I will still be respectful to you, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to, we need to resolve that conflict. And this is why I think that although values are very important to discuss in a high level, they are more useful when someone really go against them, like in the respect, like someone was really aggressive towards the other person, uh, really crossed lines. Then you can use the value at that very high level, right? Or transparency, like someone lied about the current state of the project. That is a clear 
crossing the line, yeah? But quite often in the day-to-day -day operation of a team, they are for me too high level to be actionable in a lot of the small things that we have. So they, they are, yeah. And, and it's, one can argue that when it comes to these dark things, like, you know, someone lied, right? They go against fundamental values that we believe as almost kind of human beings to some level, right? Uh, and kind of it's a bit useless to have values for a team then because, you know, those dark kind of things, those things are right or wrong, with given some level of ambiguity. But the, the really important part is when, you know, certain opinions are expressed that they are conflicting and how you reach the, the how do you reach alignment? And that's, and I think you raised a very important point. Values are vague, um, but it's it's how you understand understand them. And also to a point where, how you, you can actually articulate the, the concrete scenario with the values. But I think there is another important point in there that a particular value doesn't exist in isolation, right? And this is why it's quite important as a team to choose a set of values that actually uh, calibrate with each other, right? Now, uh, ideally what you want to do is to take a course of action that kind of <clears throat> resolves or reaches a good compromise between all those different values, or you may even have to prioritize as a team to say, you know, that when certain things come and they say, well, actually we're talking about self-preservation or uh, I don't know, maybe we talk about psychological safety or something uh, and against the value of transparency. And in this case, which one as a team are we going to... Um, are we going to prioritize, right? So that also, I think, takes you back to as a more objective point of view and takes like kind of my opinion versus your opinion type, lightens that and takes takes the focus towards a bit more objective thing. I totally agree with you there, Vague, and we can talk about that later on how you take a concrete scenario and how do you map that onto a value and even more difficult, how you take a, a set of values and go towards kind of concrete scenarios that the team should agreements should be based on that kind of thing, right? You know, I I partly partially agree with 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 that um, because although they're big, you can sort of make them specific by providing examples. So one one exercise that I like to do with with teams is um this is coming from coaching and so on it's uh it's called a dpa a design partnership agreement it's it's sort of like a working agreements but at a higher level yeah so it's not about oh we're going to be doing the dailies at this time or you know we all agree with this yes it, it it creates a framework around the team so that then you can have sort of like an anchor point and when things go badly you can always go go back to that right and and when we do that exercise part of that is you know that vision uh, part of things like what kind of relationship we want to we want to create no and it's aspirational to some extent no we want to have respect we're like we, we are giving these things for granted but we put them there you know because it's it is what we are expecting from us working as a team and so on so there's this aspirational aspect of that even if it's vague yeah then you can make it a bit more concrete because there are certain you know you mentioned respect transparency and so on there are certain things that are too vague so 
we should probably give some examples of what we are expecting. What kind of behaviors would that be okay? Would this not be okay? And and kind of a, there's there's an aspect there around getting the team or the group that you're working with to agree on what that means. This is the other part, right? Like if we haven't had this conversation before, everyone has something in their mind, and you're kind of you know everyone's talking about a different thing. But the minute that you start making it a bit more you know examples based, no, uh, then people can make a picture no in their head around what it is that that we're talking about and then there's the aspect of setting expectations that i mentioned before as in you know we've discussed this so when something happens that i don't feel comfortable with because i don't think it's aligned with what we discussed i can then go and bring it up because we discussed this we all agreed that we wanted this kind of stuff for us as a team um, and I feel like it's not happening, so I want to talk about it. And then you're giving people the green light to to sort of like have those you know difficult conversations or whatever, and do it within you know within a framework uh, that that will help you. So although they are big, you can still kind of make them make them a bit more uh, more concrete to to be useful enough. You no. Know? This is where I think that you need to go a few levels down because like I see as you were speaking, like I see, for example, there are values at a very, very high level, uh, a bit fuzzy in a way. Um, then there are levels and they need to start getting more concrete, right? So, for example, there are behaviors that probably will be derived from those values, but, the, but people might behave differently and still think that they are compliant with those values uh, because their interpretation is different. So an agreement in certain behaviors uh, are also important, but then you need to go into, you, you bring down the level of detail, let's say, so you come down a bit. Because as I said, I don't think that people, most of the time they, they are trying to be evil or taking advantage and stuff. It's just like they feel that they are in alignment with those high level values. It's just, so, so, and that's where you have a lot of conflicts, right? So everyone is trying to do a good job. We just don't know, we haven't decided what a good job really means, right? And so, so then you, you need to come down a few levels for certain things that are behaviors and even lower level than behaviors that are proper agreements because there are times that there's no amount of respect that you make me, because for some, one thing is for me to respect the preferences of someone else that doesn't mean that by respecting the preferences of someone else will make me behave like that person or agree to have the same behavior uh or or, or even values from that person i just respect those preferences that 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 way that the person wants to be but that alone will not make us work in the same way so, so then we need an even lower level of agreements, like regardless of what we think, like we need to find a way to work together here, regardless of our preferences. And for this very specific scenario here, that's how we're gonna do things. And we need to figure out a way to, if we don't, if we cannot get to that decision among ourselves, someone else will need you to come and say, you know what, as you cannot resolve that, that's gonna be resolved for you. But, but see what I'm saying? So, uh, and, and that yeah. doesn't mean that those two people are evil or are trying to sabotage the project. No, they just have a different preferences and interpretations of, of 
those things. So you need a low-level agreement. Do you wanted to say something, Matt? Or yeah, I mean, I can. I think uh, XP tries to solve exactly the same problem as with principles in the middle, right? So, for you know, just taking an example in XP, you got practice, which is let's say test-driven development, yeah, and you know you've got uh, values, right? So it has like things like respect, courage, communication, those kind of values, right? They don't lead to uh, directly to test-driven development. And actually, you can talk about testing development, and you can talk about communication, and you can say, well, you know, uh, how does then? Yeah, I'm kind of communicating through my tests and so on. But then there are principles that sit in the middle. The principles are like, for example, in XP. If you look at principles, values are like high-level things. You know, they are very much they can be anything they can be related to any concept like we talk about courage we got to talk about transparency they're as important in software development as they are in any other profession or in your normal life yeah whereas principles are actually more about so about the thing that you that teams uh, activities goals whatever you may want to call them though it's ways of working right so then you you can talk about well fast feedback is a is kind of sits in between the value of communication uh, amongst other things and test uh, the practice of test driven development right and that's one of the reasons that you might want to say well okay i value test driven development because i value fast feedback which uh, which is a principle uh, because actually the core value that this is underpins is communication right so you can you can start bringing these things together it's the same thing as the hierarchy that you're kind of presenting like the break that you're presenting you know where you it doesn't have to be principles as you said it can be behaviors um it can be um like practices or higher level objectives and so on that you yeah. agreements and so on so you can you can create this link between kind of a bit more general behaviors or agreements that that are very very relevant to the work that your team does and then that kind of is underpinned by the the more universal values so the, the idea is that values are something you should not be arguing about like mm -hmm. you know you should you, you don't argue about transparency you don't argue about respect those are not the things they're they 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 are like they you find natural alignment amongst other people whereas actually the things that you really start arguing about is is the practices the the things that you yeah. do but you can move them up towards behaviors and you find more ground for agreement which you can take all the way towards values to kind of really establish the root of that yeah, there, there's this, you know, if you have the alignment in, in values, yeah, uh, a lot of the time the disagreement comes from the implementation of that or what strategy you're pursuing to, in order to achieve, you know, the, the desired outcome and so on. And this is, this is interesting. I don't know if you've heard of this or, you know, this, this thing uh, called the competing values framework. And there are values that, you know, they, they can be a, 
initially, you know, opposite to each other. No? And in this case of, of this framework, uh, you know, you have <clears throat> on one side, you have, <clears throat> you know, externally focused or client focused versus internally or, you know, team focus no right so those apparently could be you know there's tension there right like the client is always right versus we need to take care of our people that's no that that comes up often right then you have things like a you know flexibility and you know we need to be process driven we need to be you know we need to standardize so we need to you know have control over what is happening right flexibility and control now you, we agree that we we need those, right? Like you, you don't run a company or a team. I, I think, yeah, I, I think it will be like flexibility and predictability. That probably uh, no. In the in the right. framework, it's more about flexibility and control because the flexibility right. in this case is is around you know being able to to change things and try things out and so on right. versus control and okay, how are things going? How, like if you let's say if. You know, flexibility taken to the extreme. We can. No, I was just today. like struggling to find control as a value, but I could say predictability as a value. I was just like, it's just the word. Okay, but sure. I, I, you, I now understand you, what you, you mean. You understand what, yeah. what I mean, right? No, like, no, like, I understand. Yes. We go, we go uh, yeah. and work on a project. No, and hey, mm -hmm. we need to go. Yeah, there, uh, perfect. You know, like do whatever you want, and then today, you know, you come and you're, you know, you're working on on a feature here. Or you're trying this, you know, spike and this experiment, uh, and then tomorrow I come and ask, "Hey, what's up? How are things?" No, and you're like, "Oh no, yesterday I tried this, and then like, okay, but where are we? Are we anywhere? You know, are we near to the? How <laughs> much more money do I need exactly. to spend to or, get something useful here? Right? Exactly. No, <laughs> or other things. So there is, there needs to be a balance. I do, you know, we do want to explore. We do want to no, but there's also this, you know, predictability as you're calling it. No, that we need to have certain, you know, control around what is what is happening, right? And and how we are progressing and how we are right. And those things are kind of against each other now you need all of those you need to take care of people but you also need to take care of, of of the client you need to you know you need flexibility and innovation and creativity and so on but you also need you know some sort of standardization and rigidity in order to support what you're doing in the organization right now you need all of those <laughs> uh, how do you make it work no and it's in the strategy and i feel like there's a there's an aspect of values that we haven't discussed yet which is the role of leaders in in you know let's say bridging the gap between between those uh, values and helping people uh, let's call it align around a strategy that sort of fulfills all of the needs right um, in, in that sense I don't know what what do you think so uh, kind of like a leader that can. Uh resolve the gray areas is that what you're saying help people like help people bridge that gap right like it is it, it they are in in principle opposite no to to each other and you're trying to find a balance between the two right mm -hmm. and i feel like there's a role to be played there it's 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 actually in in anything not not just a leader but anyone who has uh experience uh or has achieved a certain level of mastery even in certain things that can help you resolve the different competing values right uh, we for example the, you know our own values as coherence right we've got professionalism pragmatism excellence 
and uh, effectiveness. I had to look that one up. But if we if we talk about like there are some some of them that really compete with each other, and we talk about this all the time. We talk about it as part of even the the software craftsmanship movement as well, right? Especially the value the the competing values of excellence and pragmatism, right? They do compete with each other a lot, and it's not a coincidence that they are the you know two of the four values within within our company as well, because from a you know, excellence point of view, you want to have the most amazing solution, right? Uh, from your perspective. But from a pragmatism point of view, what you want to do is find the best trade-off, right? And that doesn't always lead to excellence from your point of view. In fact, someone, we were doing the onboarding thing and we we're talking about values. This is the, one of the reasons we're talking about values today is, and they asked, one of the things we have in pragmatism is about empathy, like practice empathy. And so, well, why is empathy in pragmatism? I was, I was telling them, well, this is how I see empathy. Empathy is to me about perspectives. It's looking at all the different perspectives, putting yourself in the shoes of the customer, in the shoes of the team member, in the, you know, every single stakeholder and finding the right or the, the best or optimal path through all these competing uh, viewpoints, right? And to me, that is pragmatism, right? And it kind of relates quite closely to empathy as well, because you're putting yourself into all those perspectives to find the right trade-off and not the one that you are the most biased towards, again, leading to kind of excellence and those kind of things. Can I... Uh... Because this is like the, the pragmatism versus excellence is, is, is a topic that happens everywhere. And, and it took me years to really be able to resolve that conflict in my head and advise some of our teams. And because what you're saying, Mash, is always true. Like some people want to strive for excellence and then they want to, to create the best solution possible. But not always that's what we need in that case or we don't have infinite money or time. And, and, and quite often pragmatism is used as a, as, this, as a way to justify cutting corners as well because that's another problem. So then you yeah. have a problem that excellence becomes unbounded. So people are chasing excellence forever and don't deliver anything. Or they say, no, we need to be pragmatic. That means let's do some shit job and get it done quickly cutting corners. So resolving that even within the craftsmanship community was something that I struggled for years. And, and now I finally think I, I, I understand what it means. Like the way that I've been explaining this is you need to provide a solution and you understand the context and you analyze all the different constraints that you have in that context. context. And time and money are two very valid constraints. Right, so so within the constraints that you have, that could be even regulatory constraints or even skills, uh, or, or like uh, that you need to release things faster. So it's time. So then, given the constraints we have, or you have like a commit, you co are committed to certain technologies or platforms or, or, or things like that. So given the constraints that you cannot change. What is the best possible solution you can create? 
So, so, so that understanding of those constraints is where pragmatism exists. So is what is the best solution that I can create? So the pragmatism will create the, the boundaries where excellence can thrive. But, but excellence is bounded by a pragmatic solution. That, that's, that's how I, I've been describing that more recently. Uh, I mean, this is, I mean, it's another way of describing the, the various perspectives, because actually the way I look at pragmatism is finding the best trade-off. And it's about trade-offs, right? It's not about like, it, it, the, the word kind of, or the phrase trade-off is all about, I'm gonna give something up or a little of something up to gain a little of something else. But it is about that balance, right? So, so in fact, there are a number of balancing forces, or these, you know, this is competing values again, right? Mm -hmm. These are a number of balancing forces that you have to find the right path through, right? And that is pragmatism, and it's exact. It's 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 this, the same th concept described in a different way. Yeah. Is that you have to achieve go towards that balance? You can and taking one value over the other can actually make you, you can optimize towards that without then considering other aspects. It just made me think that as you are prioritizing one value over the other, that becomes a constraint. You are just tweaking the constraints. For example, I will prioritize delivering or getting a value earlier than having a perfect solution later. Mm -hmm. Right, so or or a, a, an optimal solution a bit later, and as you change your priorities uh, or you re rejuggle those values or resolve those conflicts, given that specific context, because that prioritization across values are also context dependent. Mm -hmm. You might have a different prioritization uh, in a different context. So that is always creating. That's what I was describing as your constraints, as your. The, those are the constraints that I have or the preference that I have. And within that, what is the best I can do? Yeah. Right. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I see it uh, in a very similar way. Again, it's a, it, it's a trade-off. It is, it is, you know, if you go to the extreme on any one of them, I actually don't see it as prioritizing one over the other. I, I feel like a lot of the time it's about finding the right strategy for both things to be accomplished. And and it's also about trusting the solution. Because because you, you mentioned something there. Now it's like pragmatism is used to um, to justify cutting corners, right? The whole, you know, we'll do it better, you know, and then in the next iteration we will come back to this but we never come back to it, right? So it's really hard then for someone to say, hey, uh, yeah, okay, let's let's do this solution that works and then you know we'll come back and revisit it if they think they're never gonna come back and revisit it, no? Yeah, ju just just add another item to our technical <laughs> backlog, yeah? <laughs> just, just, yeah? Just add to our technical and backlog, never... we're gonna get to it at some point. Yeah, so, so there of are course. many, yeah. you know, there are many, uh, nuances not to 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 every context there um, but overall I feel like there is again an aspect of, of communication of, of knowledge as you mentioned not of mastery as well to be able to understand that there are many solutions not just the one solution that you prefer I think I feel like 
this is one of the reasons yeah, when we talked about specialism and I, I feel like having that broader view allows you to to find those trade those trade-offs a lot easier because you understand what else is possible no um and you have and, many perspectives yeah exactly you have other points exactly other perspectives to to look at it from no? so it is uh yeah it's the way it is i now now more quick i'm gonna now just so how you know how can someone who's in a team be able to do you know what what can someone do to kind of help in that sense right like if you're in a team and you know you're finding these issues for instance or or you're or you clearly have some sort of disalignment with with you no know, with something that is happening there around the values like what what do you think is possible for someone um, i can turn no, you go no you go yeah well it's more time to think yeah good <laughs> idea but like the my, my the first thing my comes comes to my mind is that you know it's important that you have values yeah and you don't have to come up with them yourself right so xp values are a good starting point and even the xp values doesn't talk about only having those values you can have those your own values right so i think as a team you know <clears throat> start with a good set of known values if you are struggling to to create your own set but start with them have a discussion about them various scenarios and what they mean to you right and then of course the more senior members in the team or even ask for other people to come into the team to help you understand how those values then kind of translate to even principles or behaviors as Sandra was talking about and the practices or the agreements that you you have adopted right so kind of keep those agreements and those values well under kind of documented at least that you know these are our values and then when you are discussing your approaches when you are discussing changes to the behavior or additional behaviors when you are discussing conflicts within the team or problems and issues bring the values into the discussion and this constant dialogue going back towards the values into us practices and current ways of working and conflicts and issues and so on back towards the values this kind of creates a a, a knowledge base or, or a kind of a alignment within the team towards those values and if you find that those are not enough feel free to to keep uh, evolving them right but start from something and have those values do not kind of just have discussions based on practices alone because you know if you do all these things you can do them to you know you can justify any practice really so and have you know have that kind of framework within your team to start with and evolve it that's my i don't know if i answered the question you know that uh i will go back to the question uh but like before normally we tend to extract behaviors and agreements from the values we go kind of top down so hey we have those set of values and then when when things are not very clear we need a little bit more prescriptions so, okay so this is what we mean by respect or transparency or stuff and we start deriving 
become a bit more specific in how we, we do those things. And then we get even more details in terms of, yeah, we agreed that we would test drive everything we do, or we're going to have a backlog, or we do demos, or whatever, right? So we start extracting much more lower level uh, practices uh, and things like that. Quite often, we lose sight of the values. And, and as you were saying, Ash, I was just like thinking sometimes like we end up adding practices and agreements. Maybe at some point was aligned, but then our interpretation changed. And then we can go back and say, okay, is this practice that we, we use or this behavior, is this still aligned? You know, you can, because like sometimes people propose things and they forget about those values and they just propose different ways of working. And at some point, maybe the team end up agreeing with that, or at least the majority agreed. And then you end up implementing because the majority agreed. But at some point, the values serve also to question uh, certain practice that might not be uh, beneficial anymore. We see that Especially a lot. Especially certain value. scenarios in particular practices may be a bit more difficult because, you know, practices normally, if you adopt something, they tend to, there There was some context where they've applied their line to some kind of value. And of course, but like uh, even those, yeah, I totally agree. But particular scenarios, you know, that have happened, particular instances of uh, behavior that has occurred within the team that, you know, you're discussing in a retrospective, for example, right? You know, someone was, uh, always refactoring and consequently we couldn't really get everything done for that sprint. And now we are discussing that in the team and that one person is like saying, oh, you know what, we we are slowing, constantly slowing down because we are not uh, looking after this particular feature and this is why we're trying to do it. And the other one is saying, actually, but then we didn't manage to get this feature out. Like we fa failed our current uh, sprint goal. You know, so so that kind of discussion these kind of scenario can lead them back to a through practice, even principles to the, the value. So that actually helps you question, you know, which one was right, which one was wrong. Yeah. And going back to your question, Jose, there are many things that people can do, but it also depends on their own personalities and also how comfortable they feel doing those things. Uh, a natural thing to do is, well, natural to some people, uh, certainly for me, is for example, if I'm unhappy with something, I would not think twice to say, you know what, we need to have a conversation here. And either I will call an impromptu meeting or I will use the retro that already has the, the template so I can raise some of the issues. We already had a, retro, a, a full fireside chat in retros and that not always uh, the things that we need to discuss are discussed in there or chosen. And then uh, I'm, I may not necessarily want to wait for my subject to be discussed. But so one, one thing that we can do is, hey, I'm having a, a problem here and I really would like to discuss that. And then you can choose how you do that. One, you can be more aggressive and say, hey, I think we have a problem and we're not doing well and already start framing the whole team and already create a resistance. Or, well, of course, it depends on the, the level of intimacy that we have with everyone as well, right? So, but another thing said, hey, I, I'm perceiving a, an issue here. I, I, there are a few things that I would like to share with you as, uh, and I need some help or, or I would like to clarify 
a few things. And then you can call that meeting. So the way you call it varies, depending on the intimacy, how comfortable you feel with that people. But you can always raise their hand. S some people, but what in the scenarios where people don't feel comfortable? There is a way like establishing those behaviors. Uh, for example, this common agreements. One of them could be anyone that feels that something is not going so well, they uh, could call an impromptu meeting. So, so then it's expected that people do. So you keep the door open for someone to do. But as I said, uh, people have different personalities, different dynamics. and But that's what I would do. I would just call it, hey, we need to have a chat about it, and I will control that meeting. This is another thing. I will control the meeting. I will not just say, hey, that's the bomb. I think we have a problem. That's the bomb. Team, you resolve. I'm just telling you what the problem is. That's not what I would do. That's not what I think is efficient. If I feel that there is a problem, I will control that meeting. I will run that meeting with my team. Yeah? And that's that, That's what I think that people can do. Uh, do you have any a different idea, Jose, when you ask that question? You are on mute, by the way. Uh, okay okay no 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 that, not a different idea i feel like you you can change a you know other people no they they need to change themselves so it's so it's it will be a lot harder just to try to push people towards a a, a, a thing uh what i would suggest is uh people to to uh act in accordance to those values and call attention to when there are inconsistencies or where there are things that where they are not uh comfortable with that which is sort of you know this the second part is, is similar to what you were saying you no know, it's about hey you know I, I don't feel comfortable with this you know because we already by the way we you do need that framework around it like you do need that uh you know, let's let's have had that conversation before, no, around what it is that we want to achieve, you know, together as a team. I think even before we start discussing any issues or misalignment, we should probably clarify that. Yeah. And then once you have that clarified, we can start saying, you know, this or this is not aligned or whatever. Right. If you don't have that, it's very difficult to you never had the conversation so basically how are people going to know right like it's, it's you're just being fr frustrated no um but you do need to call attention to where the consistencies are and you do need to act in accordance to that because you can't act you, you can't control what you do you no know? and the impact of those things and then from there maybe you can influence others right um and i you know i go back a couple of years back you know, I wanted to do TDD. I learned to do TDD, and then I did TDD in my project. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and other people saw it, and they were like, "Why are you doing this? Like, why are you, you know, writing twice the code, no, or or whatever?" But eventually, you know, they saw the the benefit on, you know, hey, this broke. Oh, here's the issue, right? Let's fix it. Boom. Uh, oh, that's that's fine. How can we? You know, let's see. I'm not going to test everything, eh? but you know, let's. I, I now want to 
you know, maybe this part here, could you lend me a hand on this or whatever, right? And it it slowly influenced, you can influence by, you know, controlling what you decide to do, right? Um, but you also need to be very, you know, there's a, there's a bit of, uh, let's call it self-control or self-awareness of, you know, don't go into the, okay, I'm going to refactor, but I'm going to refactor forever. That's not, you know, I did not uh, spend every day just writing tests. You know what I mean? Like I was delivering features. And as part of delivering features, I was, you know, introducing testing little, a little by little and little by little. No, eventually I have I had a, a big coverage on, on the areas that I needed the coverage on. No, uh, I did not go and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be, you know, testing everything and by the way since i'm learning it now it's going to be twice as slow as <laughs> that's not that's not how it went no uh, there are plenty of things that you can do in order to minimize that friction no so that that would be my suggestion start with yourself now be the change you want to be be the, the change you be exactly. the, man in the, the, man in the mirror right? exactly. <laughs> so the i had a, a, a slightly different um take and well, just a slightly different uh, topic around this. So we've been talking about the team and the values directly, but like, is it a smell? So there are two questions here. Like, do we have a more fundamental problem when people are not really seeing eye to eye? And also, can we, can we use values as part of our selection process. Because for example, we discuss why we are establishing those values, right? So, but quite often uh, I've seen in a lot of organizations that they are uh, reactive. So for example, the company established some values, but not many people remember what they are. And then they hired a lot of people, those people joined. And now we want to have those people to uh behave in a specific way but now it's a bit too late because you already hired people that might not be aligned to those things so i was just wondering like uh when you talk about values should it really be more a holistic take for the for the first part of your of your question i'll I'll do one more all right okay what do you do if there is a disalignment in values like like very you know very well disaligned you know what i mean like it's something that you wouldn't it's it's not well you don't you don't want in in the culture or present at all so that's that's one well i think you answered your own question right values are not something you can as we we talked about they kind of have a bit of a universal meaning Mm -hmm. right and they're not something you teach to people people have them or they don't right it's some like coming into an organization you don't like that's my my point of view anyway mm-hmm. so but values are quite general like if someone does not value respect right i'd rather not hire them and we can argue whether we can teach someone respect or not but even if we can it takes a long time and you know breaking those patterns is not going to be easy so but on the other hand when you are in an interview process or when you are hiring people you can't just ask them, do you value respect? They will say, yes, I do. You then have to look at the, the principles that and the practices that they adopt, 
right? You have to uh, to create scenarios and their responses to those scenarios. One of the reasons, for example, we do pair programming for, for, for people is that actually you put them in a scenario and from their behavior and attitude and the way that they engage in with a pair, you can start understanding some of the things that they value or the way that they describe certain things. And that's why, like even in the interviews, I, I really I prefer much more a debate, a discussion than asking like a, a technical question that has a specific answer. You know, it's these are the things that have indic are indicators and they help you understand the kind of things a person may value. And if you have a if there is a smell there, then I think you know it, that's where you stop. You stop. This is precisely what I would say because you cannot just say, "Hey, we have this list of value here values here. Do you agree with them?" Because yeah. like yeah. you're not gonna get a no in there. If you get exactly. a no, like exactly. yeah, right. So and for me, this is exactly what you said, Mesh is you need to go down into the, the details. And the, the best way is you put scenarios. It's exactly what you said, okay? Let's say that you are hiring someone at a more senior level and this person might have uh, team leadership uh, uh, responsibilities, yeah? So you know that's okay. This person might join my organization, might lead a team in the next project. So then you start asking those questions, okay, so let's say that we have pressure for delivery. So the client has a lot of pressure to delivery. We need to build things well. How would you deal with that situation? Or you have people that are that have conflict, conflicting ideas in what needs to be done or how it should be done and so on and so forth. How would you address that? Or if someone comes to you as a team lead, like someone as a team member say, hey, this is the wrong direction. Uh, we had a chat with the team, and I don't think that this is a good way of going forward. How would you deal with that? Right? So how would you deal with bringing your team together? So, so you need to start putting those uh, things in there. Someone says, hey, I'm unhappy with this. Or the client says, I'm unhappy with one of your team members. So you start stretching that and putting that person in certain situations. Like, how would they respond to that? And that depending on how they say that they would cope with that or what, or even better, if they ask more questions, okay, because like a lot of those things, they say like, okay, you are painting a very simplistic scenario. Is there more things in this context? What about this, this and that? So then you start thinking, okay, this person will analyze more perspectives before making a, see what I'm saying? So, but you need to, to put, describe situations and then see how the person reacts. Because just asking, yeah, do you value, as you said, Mesh, do you value but respect? That's, but that's still a hypothetical, and that's still a hypothetical. I, I, I would even prefer for them to tell me about a time with something, you know, like that happened before. Like, have you been in a team before okay. where someone yeah. maybe has not was not, uh, you know, performing well? Um, you know, what happened? No, no, not how did you deal with that situation? Or because maybe they didn't. Maybe they decided to someone. Mm -hmm. This is someone else's job, and and that's it, right? So, uh, you know, you you can create a context. Maybe they haven't been in a context, and then they can you know venture to to give an answer. But you can make up stuff. 
You know, like the, if, if I ask you about what happened in the past, then it's a different story. Because then if you're not, if is there something that you don't want to tell me? I I might notice. I may I may not notice as well, but you know, there's, there's probably you know you can you can read a little bit uh, th this kind of stuff, right? Or you know, this is what happened. You know, like if you had to do it again. Uh, yeah, we're, by the way, this is turning into I don't want you to go in that direction. And also, uh, by no means, I I I also wanted to give the impression that you can. Uh, verify that the person shared the same values in an interview process because i don't think that is enough time to as you said jose there are many ways you can try to put a few scenarios or ask for previous experience and stuff but you you will not be able to to be a hundred percent certain that uh you probably will find the red flags right there there might be a few telling but like but the details like if a person is a more reasonable <laughs> uh yeah you, yeah they they there, just there don't is... have to say anything you know, there is, there is another element. Wrong, you know what I mean? There, yeah. there is another element in this scenario is to make your own values explicit. You know, is that it's part of it is that that person is also trying to understand whether they fit in your organization. And if you make your values explicit and you tell them about them, then they can they can all choose to say, yeah, my values align with theirs, and I think I'll thrive there, or no, they don't. And I'll say thank you very much. So, so there's that element as well because I think is you. I mean, we you know if when you make your values explicit and you disagree at that point, it takes someone quite misguided to say, well, you know, our, our values don't align, but it's a job. Yeah, you know, it's that's not there's not a. Uh, it's, I, I think that's quite surprised. a small that's quite a small surprised. subset <laughs> that would do that. You know, yeah. normally they would say, you know what. I don't think that job this is for me. Yeah. And, and I think that the, the teams are the same, right? So as the teams establish their own values and practices and behaviors and stuff, uh, when they are trying to hire people to join their teams, mainly coming from outside uh, the organization, they should factor those things in. They should understand how do we work, how we like working, and would these people, would this new person be aligned to that? Or sometimes even like when the team is trying to move to a, a, a better way of working, the team said, hey, we'd like to start working like that. Uh, every new hire should be a, a, an ally, right? Someone that will help the team to go in that, and not another person that they need to convince mm. to work in a different way, right? So I was just like bringing that, like how values can also help uh, yeah, it's a very interesting question, I think. Very interesting question. You know, hey, it, it, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Go on, Jose. I was just going to say we're nearly reaching our 60 minute marker. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> Are you going to bring up about another 30 minute topic? <laughs> <laughs> like I usually do. No, um, no, you, you already brought it up before. Like, I guess my, my question was around do you think that you can teach uh, values? And if so, how? No, um, I have a particular point of view on that. I feel like in order to learn values, you need to experience them. It's really difficult for, for someone to learn the value if they, they're not able to leave it, you know? Um, and although I agree that, you know, we bring our own values and so on, this is, this is mostly based of, you know, 
the experiences that we've had in the past and so on. So the the fact that someone has only been in context where, I don't know, people did not collaborate very well and so on, uh, may not mean that they don't that, that they don't want to be, you know, good collaborator or good team player or whatever, right? They just haven't been in that context. So they don't know like if you ask someone what's the best team that you can, you know, imagine, you know, what kind of attributes, what kind of uh, characteristics or, or values does a team have? If you've never been in a team like that, it's difficult. No, like you you can maybe by, you know, this is I know what I don't want. <laughs> no. You can sort of like extrapolate from there. But I feel like in order to teach it, it's it's not like it can't happen. It's just you need to leave them, right? And if you if, if it's something like you said, no, like how how much effort do you want to spend on <laughs> on teaching someone, you know, respect, no, or 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 so on. And there's also a willingness uh, to it as well, right? Like this is not just oh, I will teach you, and it doesn't matter what you think or whatever, right? Like they, and these things are quite core, no, to the person, and they're difficult to change but it does not mean you know there isn't a willingness or there isn't you know an opportunity to do that that's my take on it i think that we we need a combination of things i agree with you that the way that other people behave mainly the people leading that project that team that organization has a big impact right so they they see what is acceptable and what is not acceptable by the behavior of others, mainly when uh, the people that you being new to organization, quite often you will look at the people leading the organization uh, more. Uh, your peers will influence you, but not as much as uh, the people above. So there is an element of that, but that takes time as well. I think that some people, well, for example, we have people from all different cultures joining our organization, not only uh, country cultures, right? So different backgrounds, but also work uh, culture as well, coming from different organizations that behave in different ways. Uh, just a few people leading by example. Uh, this is This needs to happen, but not always is enough because this person also needs to behave. So they can learn how people do certain things, but they are also expected to react fast, to contribute, to, to be engaged in a discussion. And, and, and and they might not have had time yet to understand how people would do what this person is supposed to do. So sometimes having lower level agreements help to create that frame for that person. I think you need both. You need a good behavior uh, culturally in terms of behaving according to the values, but having more specific guidelines in how to, what is, what are the team agreements? What are the expected behaviors? help that person to fit in faster or at least not to behave in a way even unconsciously in a way that they will upset some existing members of the team yeah yeah those values need even if they haven't experienced them they need to be made explicit and they need to be explained and and a dialogue that happens especially around conflicts and agreements always need to map back and go back to to those as well so that people can understand and kind of anchor themselves in those values. So, so experience, but with awareness, I think is uh, is the right kind of approach. No. 
I guess we can close now because that was the, yeah, <laughs> the topic. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, Mesh. Mesh All right. To wrap up. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much. As usual, you know, please leave us feedback, uh, new topics, or what you thought of this particular discussion, or your own personal views as well. Um, we put this out there on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter as well. So, tweet or you know, add your feedback or comments there as well. And as usual, subscribe as well, so you can be notified of the next episode. So, with that, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Right.